Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. This is a topic I've been mulling around in my head for a long time, and I'm not sure I still have it um, well formulated, but I'm going to put it out there, and maybe that will help me clarify my thoughts. But the title of this podcast, if at least at this point in the game, is We Needed Trump. I suspect that causes wailing and gnashing of teeth, anxiety. Uh, it's, it's, you probably think I've gone off the deep end. But in, first, let's, you know, you know, politics is a is a game. Um, it's one of the games we play as a society, and um, we got two teams: the Democrats and Republicans. And uh, we've decided we don't need any other teams. Although I think that's a whole another discussion. And we've got an arena that we play this in, and. Um, you might say the media is kind of the cheerleaders from the side that kind of uh, lead the cheers and the boos and says go one team or go the other team. Media didn't always serve that function, but um, the current game, the media are cheerleaders. And you have all the pundits and the consultants and the book writers and the eyewitnesses and the, you know, people that have left the cabinet and people that are joining the cabinet and, you know, the power, power brokers like Pelosi, the DNC and the whatever the equivalent is for the Republican Republican side, and you know, right up top here, I'll I say I'm an independent. Uh, I'm strongly um, socially, I'm very liberal. Conservative, I I might actually go Republican some if they used to have the conservative, you know, that worried about balanced budgets and you know, good management of the economy, but that doesn't exist anymore. And in this game we call play uh, politics, conservatives tend to be conscientious and non-open. I learned this from Jordan Peterson. And liberals tend to be open um, is more important to them than conscientious. Conservatives like everything uh, orderly in a box. They want the wall. They want people in their places. They want them to play their roles. They want them to be conscientious, work hard, everything, do what they're supposed to do, and kind of punish those that don't. Uh, and then you have elements of, you know, 
of religion thrown in, or which mostly comes out in the, the arena of abortion or non-abortion. Uh, the liberal side has decided that a woman's freedom uh, is worth more than the life of a fetus, and the conservative would say than the life of a baby. That's a whole nother topic we're not going into. It's kind of lining up, you know, who's on what side. And the uh, liberals have this um, progressive element that is very liberal and that, you know, for instance, a basic income, health care for all, although that's in the scheme of the world is not very progressive. In America, it still is. Um, that everyone should have a right to health care. Well, we still haven't got that, you know, everybody has a right to an equal education. We mouth the words, but unless you're just really crazy, if you go look at schools, uh, they are not equal at all. And the teachers in the two different, you know, the white schools and the black schools, the white schools versus Hispanic schools, they're not equal. So, anyway, that's, that's kind of some of the background issues inside of this, you know, game that we play. Now, each side uh, paints a story of what's most important. Um, Republicans say, and especially Trump has said, he's in it for the little guys. And he appeals to the working class guy that used to have uh, a good job in manufacturing or steel mills or coal plants or mines or minerals. All the stuff that we've let go in the United States uh, because we uh, we have a very singular focus on profitability uh, and even more specifically we have a singular focus on short-term profitability so we've decided we can be more profitable if we ship the manufacturing plants and the jobs that go with it and the expertise to China and just pay them to do stuff. Um, and by that we relinquish control of what it does to the planet um, because of environmental rules are not equally enforced. Um, we've also relinquished our control of taking care of the workers that do the job, say in textile factories or Apple plants that make uh, phones. We've said we'll let China tomorrow, uh, manage that and we'll relinquish control. And that's done mostly by, you know, big corporate uh, business in America. And it's not real clear to me that uh, that wasn't supported from both Democrats and Republicans. I think that's a, you know, an elite. Um, point of view that business and profitability is our God. Um, 
and profit today is mathematically superior to profit tomorrow, which it is if that's all you care about is profits. Both sides, I think, relinquish control. Trump came along, though, and said, you guys have been screwed by the establishment. And it's kind of message has switched a little bit. You're, you've been screwed by the democratic establishment. But his real message was you've been screwed by corporate America. And neither side, Republican or Democrat, uh, came to your aid. No one sat at the table for you when deals were negotiated with NAFTA um, and the transatlantic trade deal that didn't happen. Um, all the tax incentives, you know, that makes it make sense to go offshore. Um, all the ways that you can hide money and not bring it back to America. He said the establishment screwed you. Now, you know, I think Trump's an unlikely savior, but that's a message that he delivered, and there's actually a lot of truth to that me message. Uh, you can not like Trump, that's okay. But the establishment, Democrats and Republicans, did not have any insight or thoughts or plans about outsourcing. Neither do they have any plans about robotics, AI. Uh, and they assume the marketplace will take care of the worker. Well, that's a hell of a big assumption. It will take care of the non-elite. No, capitalism does one thing. Maximizes profits inside of the set of rules that it has to work in, and sometimes outside of the rules. But for the most part in our country, capitalism works inside the boundaries that we set up, and most people actually play by the rules in this country. The trouble is, in our country, the establishment goes and gets the rules changed to their favor and then plays inside of the rules. So if you eliminate uh, inheritance tax and you get cheap uh, tax on uh, capital gains, that's a rule that helps people that uh, have a lot of money and that make their money not from wages but from investments. So we've slanted the game toward investors and not little investors because for little investors like us, like you don't pay inheritance tax, you never have unless you've made in the millions of dollars to be inherited. And that's not me, it's not most of us. It doesn't basically doesn't apply to the common man that we're talking about here. So in our, our system, the elites can go and change the rules by which we play. And the counteracting force to that should be 
the Democratic and Republican parties. Now, part of it is, you know, I'm looking from hindsight. I'm in my 70s. Um, I've worked in a mineral industry that's been uh, devastated in in a metals industry uh, by China. I've watched them suck first the plants, then the know-how, now the investment dollars, everything has been sucked. There's a big sucking sound coming from China. And it's not at all clear to me that we can recover our position. Um, I'm working as a metallurgist on a new magnesium facility in the north um, west. And we are very, very light on talent. Uh, I'm pretty damn good as a metallurgist. But this normally would be, back in the day, this would be a team of a dozen engineers. Um, I'm, I'm working with a guy named Paul. We'll keep it off of the internet, but he's very good. He's 35. He's worked in a hydrometallurgy. And this is more pyrometallurgy. He's very good. Um, so us two is like having four or five, but it's still not like having a dozen. So we, we've created this world where, uh, while we weren't looking, we let the elite corporate owners move plants and expertise overseas to maximize profits without asking what does that do to the worker, what does it do to the environment, what does it do to our long-term potential as a country, Uh, what does it do for the way of life in America. We just, we didn't ask the questions. All we asked is it make money, yeah it makes money for them, and we have this blind faith in capitalism that it'll take care of us and we just let the market establish stuff. Well, it's not just market that's establishing stuff. We're establishing rules that we operate under on stuff that we think is important. Do we think the environment's important? Yes or no? Yes. Then you can't send the plant to another country where they don't care about the environment. Did we have dirty smelters here? Yes. But did we have the power to clean them up by a change of rules? Yes, we did. And actually, the clean... Water Act and Clean Air Act and the environmental movement in this country had gone a long way toward cleaning up our industry. Um, Not that we'd reach, you know, perfection or anything yet, but we were definitely moving in the right direction. And then we let them all slide away to, you know, overseas plants because we didn't ask the question, what's important to us? Another question we didn't answer was, are there certain things that we produce that we don't want to be dependent on another country? I'll give you an example. Rare earths. Who who makes those? China. Does it matter that uh, we can't have cell phones, electric cars, without... Uh, rare earths and that China controls the supply does that matter 
does it matter that we can't have stainless steel um, where we do most of our chemical reactions and uh, make a lot of other stuff using stainless steel um, and that comes primarily from Russia does that matter so we as a country didn't say one what what are our values and what do we hold up to be sacred um, like clean environment taking care of the worker and we didn't say what's important for our survival as a nation what what commodities do we want to produce here what do we want to have all our uh, what do they call those ventilators made in Timbuktu that's outside of the United States or do we want to have some in this side this country so we've never taken a hard look at what's important to us as a country we've let the market establish that well, the market operates inside a certain set of rules, principles, and values. And if we set a market up and our behavior is such that we follow these principles and rules uh, and impose them on ourselves and the people that we deal with or don't deal with them, um, you get a whole different world than if we just say it's the market and let it be haphazard and open. There is no such thing as capitalism, you know. It's, everything's a, a form of capitalism. Uh, capitalism is just the concept that we're each in this game together and we're negotiating for, we have the freedom to trade and to make choices who we buy and sell to. That's all capitalism. And then the framework on which that's done, like when you make this transaction, you owe the state 5% tax. That's the, you know, our particular flavor of capitalism is set up by the rules that we have in place. So, in, in my opinion, Trump came along at a period where um, a lot of people had been screwed, directly or indirectly. If you're, you know, poor and black, a poor and Hispanic, you got crappy education, um, you didn't get hospitalization, uh, as you move up the ladder of the scale, our country didn't, you know, when we sent jobs and expertise overseas, we didn't ask ourselves, A, are they going to do the job like we want it done on this planet, and B, how does that affect our long-term future? We just winged it and let it happen. And who was unwatched when all that was going on and whose job was it to be on top of that? The Democrat and Republicans that lead the national country and they just, they weren't on top of it. And Trump comes along and says, you guys have screwed the worker. Now, whatever Trump's intentions are, and I would argue that they're not good for the most part. He did come along and bring that message, and we needed that message. And he came along, along and threw, you know, a wrench inside of the, the gears 
and stop the machine or try to. I think we needed that. I think we needed a good hard stop and start thinking, what the hell, you know, what are our values? What's important to us? And I think Trump has, has raised that question. And I think it's brought a lot of stuff uh, to focus for us. Even even if you, if you look out something like, you know, Kaepernickel, when he came out and he took a kneel, and that was, you know, during the early part of Trump, um, you know, most people actually pushed back on that pretty hard. It was kind of a small, small group that supported Kaepernick. I've got a t-shirt from him and I wear it a lot, uh, saying I support him before it was popular, especially by an old white man. But this, you know, as Trump has gone along, the whole view on racism has actually changed. Now, did Trump cause that? I actually think Trump helped focus our minds on even something like racism. His, you know, anti-immigration is very clearly um, a class um, it's a let's hold on to our culture as a white man is really what he's saying when he's anti-immigration it's a very racist message you know we're not going to let those rapists in that's as racist as it can get to focus that at you know Hispanics and say you know I'm sure some of them are good people well, there's as good of people as we are but his focus on that has made us as a nation think about what are our values with race and with sex, and with transgender, transgender, and just, you know, go through the whole spectrum. Who's brought the focus on a lot of the stuff? Doesn't mean it's been done pleasantly it doesn't mean that uh, the guy meant to have a good effect. But I think he's brought our focus both in the po political, economic, and social areas to a sharp focus. And I think it's a mistake for Democrats to focus on Trump. What's more important is to focus on what's happened that allowed Trump. And it's not just the Democrats. Republicans are responsible, obviously, for a lot of this. Uh, and they're so hungry for power and staying in power that they... Uh, I'm sure a lot of Republicans are, you know, having severe acid reflux when they go to bed at night because they're not even standing up for their own principles, and I'm not even sure they know their principles. Uh, they're just gutless wonders at time. My hat's off to that guy from Utah, whose name I can't uh, think of for the moment. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan challenging you to the idea that I think we actually needed Trump. I think Trump has caused 
are brought to light a lot of the problems that, that we have in this country. Uh, and let's put it, the dirty laundry right there on the table for everybody to see. And as a country, we have to decide um, what we're going to do about the things that have been um, the dirty laundry that have been put on the table by Trump. You know, having disgust and uh, being upset and attacking Trump doesn't change any of the problems that made Trump possible. And the us and them dialogue doesn't change anything. Uh, the us and them just lets us continue to ignore the feelings, the thoughts, the causes that underlied, under, underlie Trump's presidency. So this is the ancient Texan throwing out the idea that we needed Trump. As unpleasant as that might have been. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.